What are some of the problems you have communicating with your partner? Today, we're going to be talking about some of the things that you shouldn't do when you want to communicate well in your relationship. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationship or have a more fulfilling relationship, whether or not you have one at the moment, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of resources and our online course, The Relationship Maze. And you can also take our free argument style quiz and discover your conflict style in relationships and what you can do about it. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about some of the challenges in communicating with your partner, maybe some of the things that you shouldn't do. Yeah, so communication is obviously at the heart of successful relationships and indeed most couples who come to me for couples therapy always say that they want to improve their communication. They want to know how to talk to each other in a way that creates a better atmosphere in the relationship, that helps them to resolve conflict more effectively, that enables them to express their love for each other, etc., etc., so, um, well, let's have a look at, you know, some ways of not uh, going about communicating in a way that might be helpful. Yeah, well, actually, even before that, I think, you know, again, it's so important, all of this aspect of communication, because it really, like you said, it's the foundation of relationships. Mm. This is about, it's about relating and relating involves communication. And, you know, sometimes there may be times where you feel like, well, I don't want to communicate with my partner. Mm. And that's the crazy thing, I think, is that you, know, you cannot not communicate. And those times where you don't talk or your partner, it gives you the silent treatment or mm. you give them the silent mm. treatment. That's probably a bigger communication <laughs> than actually getting into an argument. Yeah. So I, I think that's really important is, again, you cannot not communicate whether you say something, whether you don't, those are both communications. Yeah. So it's really important. You know, this is the foundation. These things build up over time. Little ways that we communicate in unhealthy ways in a relationship, they can build up. Mm. So being aware of these as soon as you can are so important. And you can apply these principles not just in your relationships in terms of with your partner, but also in terms of other relationships, whether it's, you know, whether it's with friends, some of these things as well, whether you're at work, you know, some of them apply more to close relationships. But, you know, these are really key things that we're going to be talking about. So let's let's have a look. Mm -hmm. So, well, the first one that we have on our list might be a little bit uh, of a surprise for you, because the first one that I could think of um, early on when we were thinking about what, what are we going to mention today in the podcast is the one um, about over-expressing. Because very often couples think or people, individuals think that it's a good idea to basically let rip, to let everyone know how they're feeling, what's going on in their head, what's going on in their heart, what kind of emotions they are experiencing, to kind of let it all out, so to speak. That is true to a degree, but if there's too much over-expression all of the time in the relationship, I think it's really problematic as well. Particularly when you have a dynamic where where one partner is always expressing and the other one isn't, it can become quite imbalanced and the uh, expression can almost be used uh, as a weapon in the relationship where there's this constant like, well, you have to, you have to listen to me, you have to make time for me, you have to respond to my emotional experiences on a daily basis. 
And I think that's a really important one. And, and I think we're at a challenging time in society in some ways, because there's been such a long time where we, you know, certainly in, in the UK, and I think probably a lot of the Western world, I can't speak for every, every culture, because it's different culturally, mm -hmm. where we've been almost kind of told that, you know, you should keep your stuff to yourself. Mm. And so there's, you know, and, and I think very much with men in the UK as well, there's been very much that be tough, be strong, don't express your feelings. And now, it, you know, it's important to express as well. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's almost like the floodgates have opened and there's this like flood of expression that's coming out and mm -hmm. can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Because like you said, there are some things that we want to express and some things that are useful to express but some things we don't need to. Mm. And it's like we can overload the other person and create an imbalance as well, where it's sort of, like you said, mm. it becomes weaponized, where one person is always saying, well, when you do this, I feel this. When you do that, I feel that. You know, there are some things that, that are important to, 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 to express. Mm. But there's also some things that, you know, maybe aren't that important. We just need to kind of deal with those ourselves because otherwise... It, it, it can be too much for a partner or like you said it can it can be used as a way to make them feel bad yeah in particularly also I think what you're touching on is interesting because it also makes me think about the fact that we're living in a society which is uh, to some extent quite a narcissistic society there's a lot of emphasis on certainly in uh, in western cultures I can't generalize across the whole globe of course but there is a lot of emphasis on me what am I experiencing me 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 which uh, has some positives of course um, you know it's important to kind of consider what you are experiencing and to be aware of that but there's often this um, this uh, this desire to let everyone you know particularly to let your partner know too much about yourself and every single nuance of your emotional experience it just gets too overwhelming so it's it's a question of balancing so over expression just expression for expression's sake so to speak i don't think is helpful in terms of communicating if you um on the other hand, if you express because you have something very concrete to say or you have something to share with your partner that you think your partner needs to be aware of, that I think is different. That's We come to that later on. It's you know When you have a particular issue that you want to bring to your partner's attention, that's different from this constant, um, I, I, let you, I need to let you know how I am feeling every single minute of the day. And I'm exaggerating now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And... You know, sometimes we get very much stuck in our heads as well, I think. And also knowing that, you know, part of this is we have the mind, we also have the body, the heart. That sometimes I think when we get stuck in these arguments from the heads, we lose touch with, you know, that, that sort of the body side, the heart mm. side. And, mm. you know, there's many different types of expression. So you know, whether it's holding each other, whether it's holding hands, there are times where sometimes that silence as well is important as a mm. means of communication, which... If we're constantly just saying, well, you know, talking through that, we can't actually enjoy those the, the, those elements that we have through the, those periods of silence. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so we've talked about um, over-expressing. Now, the flip side, of course, is under-expressing uh, as a problem in the relationship when it comes to communication. So if you have one partner in the relationship who never lets the other know what they are experiencing internally then obviously that's difficult for the other partner because they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's what you, you know, 
what uh, what the other person is experiencing in the world, whether they're sad, whether they're angry, whether they're happy, whatever. Um, so an under expression an under expression uh, means that uh, you might also be sitting on a whole lot of frustrations. Um, that you never share with your partner. Very often, under-expressing <clears throat> is down to a fear of um, creating conflict in the relationship, a fear of, well, if I let my partner know that I'm not happy, then they might not love me anymore, so it's best if I just hold it in and don't, I don't let them know. Or under-expressing, of course, can also be down to uh, a difficulty with actually naming the sensations, the internal sensations that you are experiencing in your body, in your mind. Yeah, so I mean, the first part of this is, you know, some people underexpress because they're not aware of what they're feeling too. Yeah. So part of that is also learning to be in touch with yourself, be in touch with your emotional way of being, be in touch with your body, be in touch with what really is going on for you, mm -hmm. be in touch with what your mind is saying. So I think, first of all, you have to have that, develop that awareness. And it's something we can all develop and get better at. Uh, but it is really important. Mm. Yeah, and I think that, just like you said, sometimes we don't express these things because we're worried about the other person's reaction. Mm. We don't want to upset them. But ultimately, what happens when you don't do that? Well, you know, if you keep not expressing that, that can build up a feeling of dissatisfaction in yourself, which ultimately could be more damaging than expressing those things in the first place. Like, for example, you know, if there was something that, you know, that... that you knew that I didn't like and so you never kind of, you know like whether it was kind of going to a certain place or going on holiday to a certain place and so you never bring it up and you kind of put aside those things um, and and as a result there's that growing frustration that you're not doing that you're not doing those things and then that can come out like well you never want to go there it's mm -hmm. like well if you had expressed that because there's give and take in relationships then I think it's more important that you talk through that and find a way forwards rather than rather than just kind of suck it and see I think the expression is absolutely <clears throat> because it creates this victim dynamic uh, this victim kind of attitude sometimes as well of that oh my partner never uh, does anything that I want to do but well how would they know if they're not mind readers your partners are not mind readers they don't know what's really going on for you And the other thing is it creates this dynamic of being chased in the relationship. So somebody who's very withholding, who never shares and never expresses what's going on for them, they very often then create a dynamic with their partner where the partner has to kind of constantly chase them, so to speak, run after them, inquire after them, what's going on for you? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Which can then become a little bit overwhelming. It can actually mean that you close off even more in the relationship. So very often what we have, of course, in terms of relational dynamics with couples is we have often one partner who tends to over-express a little bit more and one partner who under-expresses too much. And of course, both have to be balanced. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the next one, which... Um we're going to talk about not being specific enough. So, for example, bringing up too many things in one go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this is like what I like, tend to think of as sort of um, emotional or even kind of cognitive vomit, where it's kind <laughs> of like, you know, it just all gets spewed out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it, you know, there was something that you wanted to talk about or something that maybe, for example, you've been irritated about. 
But then suddenly you bring up everything else that you've been irritated about for the last year or the last 10 years and mm. everything just comes out and it's just overwhelming for the other person. Mm. They can't even focus on what you're really wanting to express. Mm. It gets lost. I think you lose your argument, basically. You lose the very thing that you want to um, change in the relationship. You are not making it very clear. What is the request here? What is it that I'm asking for? If you are bringing up too many... Uh, complaints if you're bringing up uh, situations from 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever you're not really staying in the present moment with your partner you're not enabling your partner to help you to address the very thing that you want to address so it just becomes well it becomes a sort of complaint session then but not a session where um, you're effectively communicating with your partner if the floodgates open and you overwhelm your partner their shutters will come down they won't be able to engage with you and ultimately what you want with effective communication is you want a partner who can engage with the thing that troubles you. You want them to be able to listen to what you have to say and to do something about it. Yes, and that could be saying too much. It could be expressing too much in one go. But it could also be statements like, you never consider my feelings, mm. which again is a very general statement. Because, you know, again, how do you know when your feelings are being considered? This is a different thing for everybody and we've learned that through relationships in the past or maybe our experiences as children, relationships we have with parents and that's different for different people. So for somebody, you know, that's going to be, we know that our, uh, you know, that, that someone's taking into account our emotions or kind of considering our feelings when they're always checking, is that okay with you? Mm. But for somebody else, that may drive them crazy that you're yes. constantly asking, is that okay with oh, you? And so we've got these different kind of rules that we've learned from the past. And I think having a sense of what what's that is with your partner um, and being able to take that into consideration is important. But a statement like, well, you never take into account my feelings is more important you know, to describe that specific example, what that meant to you, what you read from that and what you'd like in the future, moving yeah. forwards. Yeah, generally, uh, generally, basically, you are much more likely to have a partner who's engaged in the very thing that's troubling you if you are letting them know how they are impacting on you emotionally. If you come up with statements like, I feel, <clears throat> when you are saying this or when you're doing that, I feel that you're not valuing me, for example. That enables your partner to engage quite differently with you rather than, uh, with finger pointing, which kind of takes us to our next uh, item on the list of unhelpful styles of communicating, which is to just criticize and blame your partner all of the time. So if you're just basically pointing the finger all the time and say, well, it's you, you are doing this, you are not, you know, I wish you could, I wish you were a different person, so to speak, then what's your partner going to do with that? You're not actually giving them a clear indication of what it is that you want them to change. Yes, absolutely. So it's being specific. And I think also when you said um, how what you say impacts the other person, mm. that is important to know that you know, everything we do has an impact on someone else. But, but also we can't necessarily always mind read exactly how it's going to impact somebody because we respond to things differently. So I think for me as well, it's important to note that my responses to what somebody says or does are my learned responses. Now, there are some things, obviously, that if we say or do to another person, it's going to have a likely response. Like we yell at somebody, we call them names. The person is, you know, I think pretty much everybody is going to feel bad as a result of that in some way. Mm. But 
it's also known general things. We can say things like, well, uh, oh, you didn't take the rubbish out. And to one person, that's just like a statement like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I'll, I'll do it later. To another person, it's a deep criticism about the fact that they're not, you know, they feel that, uh, you know, that they're not loving their partner enough. So it can mean different things to different people. So I think it's important to know that, you know, things that happen, um, we respond to those based on our past experience. Yeah, but, um, and also to remember that, not but, but, and also to remember that with criticizing, um, if you are criticizing your partner, uh, you are, your partner is likely to feel under attack. And somebody who is feeling under attack is not capable of engaging, of listening to what you actually have to say. So with an attack comes uh, a defense. Um, and when your partner is in a defensive position, then they're not then they're not actually hearing what you have got to say. Yeah, sorry, I was actually on, <laughs> I was thinking about a different points. So I was getting confused in my head. Like a, just a little tired stick. Um so yeah, absolutely. So criticizing and blaming. So um yeah, so you know. Blaming is like, you did this, you did that. Mm. Um, and, and this is in awesome response, because I was thinking about this in response to when you're bringing something up to somebody else. So it's taking ownership for your responses, I think, is, is, is the point that I was trying to make. So it's right. sort of in terms of, you know, if your partner does something, you feel very upset. If you then say, well, you're, a, you know, you're just an uncaring, unloving person. Mm. This is that response that, you know, what they did you don't necessarily know their intention. Mm -hmm. So by criticizing and blaming as a response to that, you know, I think the first thing is taking ownership for that some of this may come from your learned way of being. Absolutely. So it's it's initially describing and finding the specific example when this happened and describing it very neutrally, just like it's a kind of just just like it's almost a describing a video or a video of what happened. Mm -hmm. And then describing the meaning you took from it, which we talked about in mm. another podcast yeah. um, a little while ago. But describing, you know, when when this happened, when you said X or when you raised your voice, the meaning that I took from that or how I experienced that was X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Making it clear this is this is your experience, rather than saying that they're unloving, they're uncaring. Because as soon as we put that blame in like you said, the other person becomes defensive. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's taking ownership for your responses, I think is really important. So that's what I was getting at in terms of you know, when you're kind of feeding back things. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really key. And then, then you can move forwards. Mm -hmm. But if you criticize, if you blame, essentially the other person isn't going to listen. They put up the defenses. And if anything, the thing that was causing an issue in that communication may get worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we then get into a situation where potentially neither partner is actually listening to what the other has got to say. And of course, not listening is another item on our list of unhealthy ways of communicating. Um, and it sounds very simple, doesn't it? Um, why don't you know, just sitting down, your partner's got something to say, you hear what they've got to say, you respond to it, problem solved, right? So it sounds so simple, but actually listening, really listening to what your partner's got to say is super hard, because uh, in particular, when you are feeling triggered, when you feel your partner is saying something that you find unfair, when you find that your partner is saying that uh, something that you experience as blaming, you're automatically already thinking ahead about, well, I'm, how, how am I going to respond to what I've just heard, rather than engaging with what your partner has actually 
said. So listening, of course, is always the number one practice in couples therapy. Um, and there are many different uh, techniques to get couples to engage uh, uh, each other with listening more effectively. Because um, most of the time we don't do it. We don't actually listen to each other. We just sort of, we're just sort of already preparing our counter argument. It's a bit like being in a court and we're already kind of thinking, oh, well, I'm going to say this now. Oh, this is really unfair. We have this emotional reaction and that means we're not actually engaging with, well, with the material that the partner is bringing because they might have a valid point. Of course they will have a valid point. If they are really distressed about something or really upset about something, then there's there's something going on here for them that you need to know about, um, that you need to engage with, that you need to find out a little bit more about. Um, and this is what active listening to your partner enables you to do and then you can do something about it and resolve it and address it yeah absolutely and i think you know that's the thing as well of listening is listening is is being in the now it's being in a moment and really being with what's being said it's not about preparing what you're going to say it's not about preparing uh, a kind of a reason it's not about thinking in your head why is this person saying this it's actually just really being fully attentive being fully engaged with with what's being said at that time and that takes practice because you know we get so used to our own internal dialogue our own sort of kind of concerns that sometimes it is challenging listening mm. um, so I think everyone can benefit from doing some listening skills practice doing mm. some you know even a listening skills course mm. it can make a huge difference mm -hmm. but the times when you really listen to that can be very powerful in a relationship yeah. when you really feel that someone's paying attention to you Particularly if it is what we call active listening, where you are uh, letting your partner know that you're hearing what they're saying. So where you're reflecting back, what do you heard them say, where you also let them know that what they're saying makes sense to you um, and where you're kind of empathically responding to what your partner's got to say. So that is something that requires quite a bit of practice. Yeah, absolutely. Um Another next one is, well, I think it's related a little bit to what we talked about before, blaming, or it can mm. be. Mm -hmm. um, but this is about name-calling or mocking or yelling, or using disrespectful language of your partner. So again, like we said about in blaming or criticising where the person's defences go up, you know, this is taking things maybe to another level where suddenly, you know, and, and those times when someone gets really angry and they call their partner a, a horrible name, or they mock them, or they yell, or another way is being really disrespectful. You know, this can have quite an, quite a huge impact on the person. You know, if we swear at the person, if we call them a name, you know, that that's that. I think puts our body into almost that fight or flight response. Absolutely. So we go very much into that stress response. Mm. You know, suddenly the cognitive part of our brain shuts down. Mm. You know, that that the frontal cortex closes, and mm. you know, we're left in that amygdala response, that limbic system where you know, it's very emotional and we don't know how to respond. We can feel deeply hurt. We may want to run away. We may fight back. Mm. There may be different responses. Mm. But this is not a space to be in in your relationship regularly because this is, this is you know, it means you can't listen. It means you can't communicate. It means that a message that could be really important to you to get across is, is going to be completely lost. Mm. And I think, you know, often that happens with name-calling, yelling, when... When you're not able to emotionally regulate yourself too, mm. 
So sometimes that's when you've got into that fight flight response yourself and suddenly, you know, the, the human parts of the brain with the cognitive processing, those those parts we don't have available to us and, you know, that limbic system, you know, suddenly we bring these names up, we swear, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and as, as soon as we do that, we have two sort of limbic systems in, in kind of fight or flight with each other. Well, usually um, very when there's one partner who uh, becomes verbally abusive, I call it verbal abusive, somebody uses swear words or uh, derogative terms for their partner. I mean, usually the underlying cause here is frustration, isn't it? It's frustration that's built up over a period of time, this sense of, well, you're not hearing me. So it's a protest. It's this protest of, why are you not hearing what I am saying? So let me know. Let me let. So let me make this really clear that I'm really, really angry here and upset with you. So there is an underlying cause here, of course. However, it's not actually achieving what you want to achieve. What you want to achieve is that your partner can hear you, that they can engage with you. And they won't do that if they're under attack. So if you are coming in too forcefully, either through uh, raising your voice, for example, or by using very strong uh, or derogative uh, language, you're not actually achieving what you want to achieve. You're not getting your partner to hear you. So if that is something that you experience quite frequently, and I have worked with a number of couples where one partner is experiencing this a lot, um, you need to uh, find a way of re regulating, first of all. So you need to actually take a deep breath, do something that enables you to calm your system down a little bit before you raise the very valid point from your perspective with your partner, before you can actually create a situation where they can hear you. Because they're not going to hear you if you if you do any of the things that we've just described. Yeah, and that leads into the last tip that we're going to give you today, which is finding the right time for the conversation. Um, so, you know... Just like you said, just then, you know, sometimes when we're really in the heat of the emotion ourselves, expressing us at that point when we're kind of too heated, it may not be the right time for you to have that conversation. No. But also it's the other way around. You know, is your partner in the right emotional space to listen? Are they in the right cognitive space? So like, you know, if your partner's hugely stressed out with work, if they've, you know, just lost their job or whatever it happens to be, you know, bringing up some other topic about, you know, what's something that's really important to discuss, it may not be that right time. Mm -hmm. So it's finding that right time for you and for your partner. Mm -hmm. So I think it's helpful sometimes, um, particularly if there's something you want to raise with your partner that is of real importance to you, to make, to be really quite explicit about this by saying, you know, can we have a conversation now? Have you got capacity for this? Um, have you got 10 minutes where you can listen to what I have to say? to give your partner that choice. Um, and if they haven't got that time, then you find another time. You find you both agree on a time when you can sit down and discuss the very thing that you want to discuss, where you know your partner is actually there with open ears and an open heart as well to engage with what you've got to say. Absolutely. So it can be finding that right space when you're both able to listen. That may also involve going somewhere different to a different environment because... Mm -hmm. If you've been having, you know, mm -hmm. for example, getting into arguments a lot at home mm -hmm. and that happens in a certain room, that could also become associated with arguments. Mm -hmm. So it might be useful sometimes to actually go into a different environment, whether that's 
go to a park, somewhere well, somewhere yeah. quiet. So it could be, you know, just going somewhere different where you haven't got those old associations that bring up sort of memories and things from from the last year or however long it happens to be. Yeah. So, you know, find that right space emotionally, but also the physical location can also be important to consider too. Yeah. And also time limited. If it's something that's important, actually set a time on it and just say, we're going to talk about this for, for 20 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever you think is manageable, and then stop it. Because if it goes on and on and on and on, uh, you might then get carried away by, you know, dragging in other topics from the past, etc. So just keep put a limit to it and say, this is what we're going to talk about now for a short, brief, uh, short uh, um time in the right space and then we stop it yeah and take responsibility for that timing don't expect the your partner to do that because if you know basically mm. tapping their watch after 20 <laughs> minutes you're still going going on about something you know that could also be quite problematic yeah so, but... you know agreeing to that and and taking responsibility for for what you've agreed to mm. great so Hopefully there's a few things here you can take away and put into practice in your relationships because they can make a huge difference. Again, if you'd like to find out more about improving your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. Also take our free online conflict style quiz. So discover your argument style and relationships. Press subscribe right now and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye. Good.